You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome into the basement. My name is Chris. That's Dave at the other end of my nine-foot homemade oak bar. My basement here on the south side of Chicago. Belly on up. Pour yourself a cold one. We got 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans. Brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Family Waterproofing Solutions covering northern Illinois, northwest Indiana. Go to FAMWS.com. Visit them today. Any of your foundation stuff. Anything going on in the basement. You don't want any leaks. You want to get that all shored up before the winter months come. Have them come take a look at it. Special Sacks in the Basement deals. David? Yes? We are in the postseason. I know. It's pretty uh, It's pretty cool, man. And I don't know if you checked out uh, Saturday's show. We now do a show that comes out on Saturdays, and we're going to be live this Saturday. I'm going to be broadcasting uh, at noontime right on the Podbean app to give people an opportunity to call in and chit-chat about the White Sox as we get ready to enter the playoffs. So I wasn't able to, well... I did listen to Saturday's show. Fun stuff. Very fun stuff. Good takes, I, bad uh, takes, and, and ugly takes right, right there. Right, right, right. But you look like, you come off as a genius. You nailed, like, multiple, th- I look like an idiot. You're like, well, you, I you're, mean, you were you just, know. you were like, oh, Abreu over Avisail Garcia. I forgot we even had that conversation. It was brilliant. Well, like, I, remember, well, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I was just waiting for the right moment to bring it up. I was going to wait for him to win the MVP this year. Then I was going to bring that conversation up. But since you've already found it. Well, you know, listen, Chris, we can't all be geniuses. No, you know, I was no, wrong really. once. I was wrong once back in 1986. It happens, <laughs> you know. But, uh, no, fun stuff. I won't be able to join you this Saturday, unfortunately. I am teaching the youth of America. Saturday is one of my busiest no, days. No, don't worry so. about it. It's not a big deal at Bummer. all. I, I was going to mention, though, that I, I'm excited about the fact we're going to the postseason. I'm not terribly concerned yet about the losing of three out of four as to how it's going to impact them winning the division. They still look like they're going to win the division because the Twins have to almost be perfect. There are six games left as we sit down here before Tuesday night's game, and then after that, there's five. They're up two in the loss column. But yeah, they could crumble here. They could end up as one of the uh, four, five, or six seeds in this 18 postseason. I don't see any way that they really end up getting passed by the Indians as well. But I am concerned about the lineups over the last couple of days. And it's an interesting thing to kind of look at. This team did everything right, pulled all the right levers. They got everything going in the in the proper direction against the Twins. Yeah. They they, they, and, they got Edwin Encarnacion out of the lineup. They, they were doing everything right, and, and then you, it all stopped. Well, and you saw the results. They won three out of four from the Twins, who at the, I mean, they're, st- they're still there and knocking at the door, but that was a huge, huge series. I don't know. I'm not too concerned because a couple of the losses, you just, first of all, you had a Dane Dunning, like Dane Dunning just went out and laid an egg. And he still should be the game three and starter. He still should be the game three starter, but he, he was due for a bad one. Rather have it now than, than in the playoffs. He laid an egg. You had a bullpen day where against the Reds, they, you know, Dallas was still on the, on the, uh, yeah, the Steve Stever came and out. So it was basically Stever a day of rest. That was, that they had Mandrill lead off and sat right, Anderson that was, down. That, that, that was, was like we gave up that game before we even played. Right, that it. That's was how a, I saw that it. That was a throwaway. If you don't, if you don't throw that game away, you probably take two out of three from the Reds, and you know everybody's still nobody's freaking out. 
it'll be, I, I think what this is, is they're trying to, so they're in the playoffs. They're trying to set the rotation up. They're trying to make sure everybody's rested and healthy. So I get it. Ultimately, this whole thing is turning out like, this whole thing is going to be like hockey playoffs anyway. I know I keep bringing up hockey because that's just the sport I watch the most besides baseball, but this whole thing is going to be like hockey playoffs where all you got to do is get in. There is no home field advantage because well, it's, all, it's all being played in California. No, no, no. There is for the first round. The first four seeds now are going to be getting to play at home. So you want to be one of the top four seeds or otherwise you go on the road. Then you go into the bubble because the Major League Baseball players didn't want the first round to be in the bubble. They would have to crumble significantly in order to get bumped out of the top four at this point. I mean, yes, concern, but I... You know, you had brought it up last week. I mean, at this point, what they're trying to do is they're just trying to set the rotation, get everybody get everybody rested and healthy. What they did against the Twins gave them the opportunity to still hold on to first place in the Central while they got their rotation set up, basically skip a Giolito start, hold back Keuchel, mm-hmm. get the rotation set up the way they want to, and they lost two out of three of the Reds because the Reds are still fighting and clawing and trying to get into the postseason, and we were setting up a rotation. Right. Because the Twins series and the Indians series were the two most important series. So losing two out of three to the Reds didn't bother me because, like you said, the, the game with Steve were out there, that was a, just they threw that away. They didn't they didn't start their regular lineup. They didn't have a, a regular starting pitcher going. It was a bullpen thing. That That makes total sense to me. The issue that I have right now, though, is... It looked like you learned your lesson. <laughs> you're trying to force Edwin Encarnacion back into the middle of your order, and you're getting terrible results. I just want to go through, and we talked about this last time. I just want to go through what has happened since they took Edwin out of the middle of the order. They took him out of the middle of the order, and they won 6-2 to two with Dunning pitching on the 15th against the Twins. They, on the 16th, lost 5-1. to one. And come back on the 17th and win 4-3. to three. Now, Edwin batted 5th in that lineup. And even though he hit a home run in that lineup, I would contend that Edwin Encarnacion still left too many guys on base. Edwin Encarnacion still was a hole in the lineup. And Jose Abreu and Dallas Keuchel willed you to that victory in that 3 out of 4 series. Sure. Over the weekend, not only is Edwin being thrown back into the 5 spot consistently and getting terrible results. His average has actually gone down in the last week. But Yohan Moncada has been dropped in the order as well to the sixth spot. Now, I get the sixth spot dropping, even though we haven't gotten a lot of results out of it, because overall this year, Moncada's actually hit better lower in the order. You've taken a little bit of pressure off him. You've batted him lower in the order. But what I'm concerned about right now is that we seem to be making a lineup over the last few days based more upon the contracts and the expectations on players than how those players have performed in the last two months. And I would rather have a management team that recognizes the best possible lineup. And I'll go one step further. They are doing such a disservice to Luis Robert. I am jumping firmly on the Ozzie Guillen bandwagon of why won't you give this guy any protection? The other day, Scott Merkin had quotes from Ricky Renteria talking about how they're trying to get him comfortable in the lineup. Well, well, guess what, folks? Here's the deal. When he was up at the top of the order, when Anderson was hurt, and he had the protection of the best hitters in your lineup coming up behind him, he hit like crazy. Now, you might have found some holes in his swing. There might have been things that you didn't like about what he was doing. But let's just bring up what he did batting first 
He's, he's not bad at second this year. 357 with a 990 OPS over 28 at bats. Now, yeah, a little yeah, bit of a I slow mean, sample size, but he had protection yeah, behind right, him. Exactly. I would love to see a lineup. I would love to have them experiment with a lineup that said, okay, here's what we're going to try out in these last few games. Anderson leads off, and let's put Robert second. And then let's line up Grandal, Abreu, and Jimenez because they literally have done their best when Grandal's in the three spot, Abreu's in the four spot, and Jimenez in the five spot. In fact, Grandal's highest OPS is in the three spot of all positions. Abreu's highest stats are in the four spot, and Jimenez's best stats are in the fifth spot. And then throw Moncada in the sixth spot where he's actually showing the most promise, put McCann right behind him. Angle should be out there playing in the outfield all the time. I have no idea why Nomar Mazzara is even in the lineup, let alone no. the fact let alone the fact that he's supposed to be protection for Luis Robert and have Madrigal at the bottom. You got speed that flows through. Look at that. You got Angle, Madrigal finishing the lineup, going into Anderson and Robert. You got on-base percentage in Grandal. You got hitters sitting in there in Abreu and Jimenez. You got Mancada in a much better spot. You give him a little bit of protection with McCann. Why are we trying to force Edwin into the no. middle of the order? Why aren't we giving protection to Luis Robert? Why are we playing Nomar Mazzara? Listen, we you can go back. The day they made the Mazzara trade, we talked about it on here. You and I texted about it in private. And we said, the day they made that, we said, oh, well, this is, this is a depth player at best. This is not, if, if this guy is starting every day in right field for you, this is a hole in your lineup. This is a problem, both defensively and offensively. We were giving them the benefit of the doubt that Frank Menachino had found something in Mazzara that he could fix, but that's clearly not the case. The, Mazzara playing every day in right field is not the right move. At very most, you have to have a platoon situation with Engel out there, but we haven't even seen that, Chris. We've seen most of the time Mazzara out there getting the majority of at-bats and Engel being used in pinch hit or defensive sub situations. I don't, I, that, that's not how this was supposed to go. And I said it again with Edwin Encarnacion, there's no reason with McCann playing the way he is with the fact that it is a short season. There's no reason why McCann should be on the bench and Encarnacion is taking up a spot in your lineup, period. There's, there's no re the only reason for it is because you gave the guy money, all right? But look, he's not part of the future plans for the White Sox. He's not your future DH. He's not your DH in a week. He shouldn't be your DH now. I don't, you know, here's no, the thing. But, but if I'm you want to tell me over the weekend you wanted to rest players up, uh, you had Grandal get his hand grazed by a pitch the other day and he needs to take a day off, but he seems like he's going to be okay. Okay, fine. You want to set everything up and you want to have the most well-rested two catchers when you get to game one of the postseason, if Edwin Encarnacion's in the lineup, you have failed. If Nomar Mazzara's in the lineup, you deserve to be taken to task by me and every other person that covers this team. Whatever game you're playing here since you clinched your playoff berth, whatever. But the problem is that as the Twins inch closer and you're in the middle of this series with the Indians, the lineup that was sent out there for game one against the Indians was unacceptable. And it's unacceptable to continue to put Robert at the bottom of the order with no protection. It's unacceptable to continue to try to Encarnacion out 
and have him hit higher than sixth because when he hits higher than sixth, he can't hit over a buck 30. No. He's at no. least hitting over to Mendoza line in the sixth spot, but he shouldn't even be in there at all. There, there, there is no logic to some of the moves that are being made, except we don't want to admit that we were wrong or we feel like these guys earned it somehow. First of all, you don't owe Nomar Mazzara anything. No, no, Nomar Mazzara no. is just arbitration eligible next year. And if this team plans on keeping him next year and making him a right fielder, you're just stupid. God, why with so much with so much outfield depth in the minors? And and if you're going to keep floating the idea that there's no possible way that you can sign McCann, and I get it, why are you gonna you're not gonna win? You see, you're not gonna win the derby for James McCann when you should be spending that money on pitching. Here's a guy who's going to be a starting catcher on another team next year when he gets to become a free agent. Right. That's what's going to happen. Right. So why not use him? Because I don't understand what we're doing right here. He should be in the lineup all the time. He's your better hitter than Encarnacion. He's been better all year long. Luis Robert has proven to be a good player when you put protection behind him. You have your manager sitting out there right now telling people about how his goal is to make him more comfortable. How comfortable do you think he is when pitchers are pitching around him to get to Mazzara? But you keep putting him behind him. It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to what's going on right now. You know, and this is the biggest problem, Dave. Eventually, they'll figure it out. Like, remember well, by the t- last by the time year? They last figure year it out, well, when, by the time they figure it out, it's going to be too late. Right, well, last year, I yelled to, to the high heavens for the first two and a half months of the season last year that Yoan Moncada should be batting in the two-hole with Abreu behind him because of the protection that he affords him, and when he does get a chance in there, he thrives. And not in the leadoff spot, which is where he was. and yelled and yelled, and when they made the decision right around June, Yoan Moncada took off and ended up with an MVP vote. All right? But it takes two months for Ricky to catch up. It takes two months for the front office to catch up to things that everybody can see. And I'm not the only person yelling about this. I'm not the only one yelling about Nomar Mazzara getting all these at-bats. I'm not the only one who notices the ineptitude of Edwin Encarnacion and that it's over. I'm not the only one that's screaming that Robert needs that protection. Your former World Series championship managers on your pre- and post-game every night saying it. I'm not the first guy to this party. But they're the last all the time to figure these things out. And the playoffs are coming for the first time in 12 years. And I don't, if I, if we exit the playoffs in the first round because we gave it our best shot and we are a young team, we got beat by the better team. Fine. If I exit the playoffs in the first round because we're just stupid and slow on the uptake, I'm going to be pissed this offseason. And I intend to show up at whatever virtual White Sox thing they do. They'll find a way to say that because of COVID, even if they handed out a vaccine, if they screw this up, there won't be a, no, there won't be a Sox fest. fest. Not a no. chance. They won't want us to sit there and ask those questions. They only want good, happy, healthy questions. Okay? That's why the suck-ups get the players on their show, and, and we don't. And I'm fine with that. It's another instance of being way behind on everybody figuring something out and you're taking too long. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox and Geneva, a work boot specialty store that carries sizes from six to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115 year old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, 
and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. We've seen evidence that Ricky has no problem benching Encarnacion or putting him in or putting him in a lower spot in the lineup. The thing that's kind of been irking me lately is this insistence that Mazzara, and I said it before, is this insistence that Mazzara is your everyday right fielder. Okay. At what point do you abandon the, because we're going to see a lot of right-handed pitching. At what point do you abandon the Mazzara against righties angle against lefties? We haven't seen a left-handed pitcher, David. We have not seen a left-handed starting pitcher since the 5th of September. No, Every team gonna. in Major no, League Baseball has figured to. out they have no, no chance you're not if they throw a left-handed starting pitcher against us. The only way Everybody gonna, knows it. The only way you're going to see a left-handed pitcher in the first round of the playoffs is if they somehow draw the Blue Jays and you get Ryu as you're as somewhere in the in the in the Blue Jays starting five. This team is three games over 500 against righties and undefeated against lefties. Teams are not stupid. And in shortened series, they're not going to make that mistake. So my point is, my question is this. At what point do you start putting Engel out there against right-handed pitching because Mazzara can't hit anything? Isn't that what you isn't that what you do? Don't you at least gotta try it? I mean, you can't tell me that Mazzara is better than Engel out there defensively. At least if you put Engel out there, you know, in the bottom of the lineup, you get some speed coming up in your in your eight and nine spot with, with Engel and, and Madrigal. Here's the other crazy thing. Adam Engel, in 44 at-bats this year, is hitting 273. Against right-handed pitching? Against right-handed pitching. That's amazing. And Nomar Mazar is hitting 210. So, I don't, I don't care. Look, if I'm supposed to say, and we've said it before, all the metrics said that Jose Abreu is not very good against right-handed hitters. And then he got these other guys around him, and he became reborn, and we're all very, very happy about it. I also said at the beginning of the year, Nomar Mazzara is probably a better option against a right-handed pitcher than Adam Engel. But he's not this year. But he's not. So if you can accept, if the White Sox are able to accept that the metrics sometimes don't mean that that's what you should do, and then but why Chris, can't they do that when it comes to Engel? And the reason is I feel like it's more like they close their eyes and they throw darts at a board and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. But there's no, who's analyzing these things? I mean, does somebody sit down? I sit down every day with my fantasy baseball team and spend 20 minutes looking at stats. I look at, I look at pitchers that are on free agent wire. I look at who's doing what. I, I go, I go, how many points am I averaging in a given week with this pitcher compared to this pitcher? Who's got two starts coming up? What's the matchups this week that they're going to run into with a fantasy baseball team? Is anybody doing that for the White Sox? No, because here's why. First of all, we know how the White Sox are. I don't think they look at metrics at all, Chris. That's number one. Number two, it's the, it's the only reason to have, and you said it, the only reason to have Encarnacion Mazzara out there the way that they do is because even though there are plenty of stats to prove that these guys are just no good, they're going to sit there. It's ego. They want to sit there and say, well, all these – you know, all these blowhard idiots that sit around in their basements playing fantasy baseball aren't smarter than us. We know something they don't, and we're going to prove it. We're going to keep throwing I mean, these guys out here. Do you really think and that's the case? I mean, if yes. how, how do you, you're going to spite people who are right? I don't think that they're spiting people who are right. 
See, I don't buy that they're spiting people because they're like, well, I can't I can't do it now because those idiots on that podcast said it. No, I, I don't think that's the case. I just don't think that they're able to figure it out. I mean, I don't know how after 108 at-bats for Encarnacion and 100 at-bats for Marzara, where one's hitting 167, the other one's hitting 210 against right-handers. And, and, and let's take a look at their, let's look, take a look at their, their versus left-handers real quick, just to kind of get a comparison. Oh so God, now, Mazzara against lefties? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Mazzara's got 20 more, actually he's hitting 250 against lefties and 20 at-bats. Okay. All right. But I mean, you, you take the other 20 at-bats that he's gotten, the other 30 at-bats that Encarnacion has gotten against lefties, where Encarnacion's hitting 133. There's enough of a sample size at this point. You should know what you have. The first two months, you want to sit around, you want to play with things, you want to see if this guy works, fine. You get into the postseason here in this shortened season, if you're still trying to push Edwin Encarnacion into the middle of your order, if you're still trying to push Nomar Mazzara out there against right-handed pitching, if you're still trying to tell me that you make Luis Robert more comfortable with no protection at the bottom of the lineup when you saw him thrive at the top of the lineup in the short amount of time that you put him up there with protection around him, it's stupid. I just don't get it. Dave, you know who isn't stupid? David Miller. I'm going to tell you about him real quick here. There's nothing small about the heart of your business. It's why your employees aren't just employees. They're family. New York life can help you protect them like family. For 175 years, that's been the legacy of New York Life Insurance Company. Simply call David Miller. Big Sox fan, Sox in the Basement listener, and your local New York Life agent. He can be reached at 773-957-3630 or at newyorklife.com. That's David Miller. He is going to help you put your love into action for your business, your employees, and can even do it for your family as well. And guess what, Dave? He's not stupid. Like, I'm excited we're in the postseason. I mean, especially... I feel like this whole week makes no sense to me because I thought we were over this. I thought we were starting to figure these things out. I was seeing Angle get to play more. I was getting to see Encarnacion in the sixth spot or out of the lineup. And now it's like, they're back. And it's like like when we thought we got rid of Yomer. And then all of a sudden... He's back. There was like a knock at the door. We opened up and there he was. Without his mustache this time. Every time I think this team's got something figured out, they backslide. I don't get it. Is it that somebody makes a good decision and then somebody else comes along and goes, whoa, 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 you can't take that guy out of the lineup? Or is it that somebody makes a suggestion and then somebody keeps trying to find a way to prove they were right? Is there internal infighting? Is there is there a Han, Williams, and Renteria disagreement on these players where I see that it goes one way for a week and I see it go the other way the Look, next week? Chris, and I'll answer that. The answer to all of those questions is yes. You can bet. Listen, I would bet money that there are a bunch of that there are a bunch of egomaniacs in there who don't really know what they're doing but they're getting paid like they know what they're doing and cannot be proven wrong by all the plebs who sit around playing fantasy baseball i'm sorry i am totally convinced of that Wait, because other look because other organizations have done this other sp- in other sports have done this too i've seen the same exact thing the other thing too what you said is that yes there may well be when you when you see these illogical decisions being made there mer- they may very well be different camps one who says well you know we're paying these guys all the money and you know Jerry's shareholders are putting money into the team they they want to see this guy out there every day uh versus the people who are saying well wait a minute this guy isn't any good he doesn't give us the best chance to win the ball game this kind of stuff happens all the time between closed doors and you can bet that if you see you know, Mazzara 
every day in the playoffs and Encarnacion to any capacity besides a pinch hitter in, in the playoffs starting over McCann, then you can you can bet that's what's going on. I'll bet you I'll bet you any money. On the eighth of September, this team lost five to four to the Pirates on a walk-off. Since that time, I'm gonna tell you about the lineup decision and the runs that we scored. Edwin Encarnacion taken out of the lineup, the Sox score eight runs. Edwin Encarnacion hits fourth, the Sox only score four runs. <laughs> Edwin and Encarnacion drop to the sixth spot. Remember, I keep saying sixth or lower with him, right? Right. 14 runs scored by the White Sox. Edwin Encarnacion not in the lineup, Sox score five. Edwin Encarnacion returns to the lineup. These are all in order. Now we're up to the 14th of September. Edwin goes 0 for 4 with five left on base, batting in the five spot. Sox only score three runs. Edwin Encarnacion, not in the lineup. Sox score six. Nomar Mazzara, who had been out of the lineup, now returns back into the lineup. Sox score one run. Where was was Encarnacion that day? Encarnacion was not playing. Okay. Okay. Edwin Encarnacion bats in the five spot. Sox score four. The big rest day where we just basically gave up, Sox score one. Okay. Right. Edwin Encarnacion bats in the five spot. Sacks score five. That's the highest they've scored with him in the five spot in weeks is five runs. Edwin in the five spot. Mazzara with a start. Sacks score three. Mazzara gets a start. He's the protection for Robert. Oh, Jesus. Edwin in the lineup Tuesday night. Sacks score four. They're higher scoring games. Mazzara and Encarnacion are not. I mean, it's the most basic stat stat that I can give you. Like, sure, I can show you OPS. OPS says that they shouldn't be in the lineup. I can show you. I can show you men left on base. Men left on base shows they shouldn't be in the lineup. I can go by position in the lineup: batting fifth, batting sixth, batting seventh, batting when the wind comes from the right, batting from the wind comes to the left. It all says they shouldn't be in the lineup. But let's just look at the number of runs your team puts up when they're in the lineup when they're not in the lineup. What, what else do you need? I don't like what. Like what else do you need? These are things they don't want to see, though. And I want to get listen, this out of the way now because when we get to the postseason, no, we don't want to talk wanna, about this. I want to get this. I want to get this out there before the postseason. I want anybody to say, "Oh, you wanted Edwin in there, okay?" Just like remember when Adam Dunn sucked, and we got told for three years, "Oh, you all wanted Adam Dunn." No, I never asked no, for Adam Dunn. I never, I never, I never asked Adam for Adam Dunn. Dunn. Okay, but I got told it as a fan for years on the post game show on the radio. I never wanted him, but I got told it every yet every day. Oh, you all knew he, you all thought he was going to be great. No, never thought he was going to be great, never at all. So I want it all on the record right now. Edwin Encarnacion, even though every once in a while he gets that rare home run where he sticks out his arm, we all go the parrot. <laughs> Shouldn't be in this lineup. No Mazara is a waste of space in this lineup. Put out the better defensive team. Put out the better offensive team. But and the go fast, win the faster, some playoff it's the games. faster team, too. Yes. It's the faster team. You're better in every way. You're better on the base paths. You're better with your offensive production. You're better with your defensive production. You, everything about you is better with Mazzara and Encarnacion on the bench. Everything about you is better. You can't find one thing that isn't better. No. Give me, how about this? I'll turn it around. I'll make a challenge right now. You are welcome to call in anytime you want to the show. Anytime you want. And there's a number, 24-7, that picks up and it says, leave a message. And all you have to do is dial 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406. Give me one good positive reason for Mazzara or Encarnacion in your lineup. Much less, much less both at the same time. Give me one reason. 
Show me one example. Find me a stat that I can't find. Okay. You know, and the thing of it is this, when you look at where I've heard, I've talked, and this is a different, slightly different subject, but it's not. When you look at where Encarnacion have, and Mazzara have been batting in the lineups, you're basically creating a, a Luis Roberts sandwich with Encarnacion and Mazzara. You've got a guy in front of him, Robert, that is, who is not going to get on base. Okay, and Edwin, if, Edwin is not. And getting, if somehow Edwin, he ends up Edwin, on base, and if somehow he ends up on base, he takes away all the speed of Robert right. if he does get on Edwin base. Edwin is not getting on base in front of Luis Robert. Right. By the same token, Mazzara is not providing any protection against, you know, against the curveball out of the zone for Luis Robert. And if you think about the type of player that Luis Robert is, listen, they always say this, you know, you don't. You don't walk your way off the island. Luis Robert is, you know, far from what you would consider a patient hitter at the plate. He's going to come up there swinging, which means all you got to do to get the guy out is throw a whole lot of breaking cheese out of the zone, and he's going to go swinging at it. And and But you're not going to do that if you either have somebody on base already and you don't want to put the guy in scoring position, or you've got somebody... Uh, coming up behind him that is some sort of legitimate threat that can drive Robert in on something that goes to the gap. Robert can score from first base on a gap on a gapper, Chris. When, when you have that ineptitude both in front of him and behind him, and this is a guy who's you know now in Robert pitching is starting to figure him out, you are giving him no chance at all. So to all of those who are asking me, what's wrong with Robert? What's wrong with Robert? What's wrong with Robert? There you go. That's what it is. Luis Robert, how many times have we seen him come up this year? Let's just look at the eye test. Luis Robert comes up how many times this year? Can you remember just off the top of your head where the, where the Sox have men on base and there's one out and Encarnacion's up there and he does nothing. And now Robert comes up with two outs and no protection behind him like a Mazzara sitting behind him and they're not going to give him anything to hit. And he's reaching for things and trying to do whatever he can to knock that thing in. Right, so you're, you're telling get... me, you're telling me, Ricky, you want him to be comfortable? You continue to put him in the most uncomfortable position ever. You have him sandwiched between two guys that have done nothing for you all year long. And you have him sitting there in the middle of the two of them as a rookie. And just like Juan Mancada was mishandled in his first full season and the first few months of last season before he was finally given protection and allowed to flourish and become the hitter that he became. And he would still be that hitter if he wasn't dealing with all the issues following COVID-19 and the shortened season, and I expect him to bounce back. I still think he's a very talented player. If you don't, I don't know what games you're watching. No, he's got I, it. I think okay? he's... I think but he's... They, he never even gets to that position. He never gets to that position. The bad takes on Saturday, okay? Remember the show, bad takes on Saturday. You can go right. back, you can listen to it here on Stocks in the Basement. We went through the good and the bad takes. There was a very good take in there. In the middle of us, you know, having the argument over, would you keep Abreu or Avi Garcia? Or what do you think of Tim Anderson, Yoan Mancada? There was something we both said towards the back end of that show. 2019, after you missed out on Machado and Harper and everything else, the entire thing was the year of Yoan Mancada and to an extent, Tim, Tim Anderson. Anderson. And yes. I specifically said it and you said it as well. Those are the only two guys you cared about that year because they had to become something or your rebuild took a step back. Well, I'm going to say right now, the same way I said that, Luis Robert is very important to your future for the next decade here on the south side of Chicago. 
And every day you delay getting him going by being stubborn when you're wrong and obviously wrong, just like you were wrong with how you were using Mankata, you delay results that we're all waiting for, okay? Right. Every single day you do it. And until you start to give this kid protection, this is going to continue, okay? He doesn't want a back rub to feel comfortable, Ricky. He doesn't want you to buy him a Happy Meal. He wants you to put an actual professional hitter behind him and, if possible, an actual professional hitter in front of him. And you know what you have? You have two MVP candidates you could sandwich him in between right now. Yes, you do. That's funny. Yes, <laughs> you like, do. You literally you really do. The top two MVP candidates, a batting champion who will probably win his second batting title is one of them, and they're sitting right there with an open spot in the two-hole because Mankata's been struggling. It's as if a giant neon sign is over the two-hole, flashing, put Pantera here, just blinking over and over again. And this guy's like, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be comfortable up there. I, I think he's much more comfortable uh, sandwiched in between Encarnacion and Mazzara at the bottom of the lineup. For the record, uh, to make me feel comfortable, I would much love a Happy Meal on the back row, please. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.